Well, good morning, your place, church. Come on, it's a good day to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you're new with us, welcome to your place, church. We're honored to, to have you with us. Um, if you came last week for the first time and you're back this week, welcome back. Uh, we do have a senior pastor. He's currently heading to the airport. Uh, he's just been, you know, suntanning in, in Florida. But he will be back next week, and, and we look forward to having him back. Um, but today we're going to jump into um, Planted Part 7, and I've been enjoying this Planted series. Um, anybody enjoying this Planted series? Come on, it's been so good. And uh, we're going to continue on with it today, man. And I'm telling you, we got some exciting things happening uh, around here. Last week, we kicked off uh, our new life group season. And, and it, come on, I've been hearing some good stories. Yeah. Uh, there's still time. If you did not get connected to a life group, there's still time uh, to get connected this week. And so join a life group. Um, we, we like to say that life change happens in the context of relationships. And, and as, the as the church is getting larger... Um, the best way to keep it small and to have that sense of community is, is in a life group. And so be sure to be get plugged into a life group. We also have Compass happening today uh, during the next service. If you haven't gone to Compass, be sure to, uh, to go. It's for you. It was designed to help you discover the gift that God has placed in you to find fulfillment. So that's happening uh, next service. But we're going to hop into the Word today. And I'm going to read Psalm chapter 1. Uh, starting in one, this really is the passage, uh, I think we'll have it on the screen for you, it's really the passage that defines uh, this whole planted series. It says, uh, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Come on, somebody. We want to be planted by streams of water. Why? Because they produce fruit in season. Their leaves do not wither, and whatever they do prospers. Come on, how many of y'all want that to be your story? I want every, everything you do, it just prospers. And, and today we're going to continue the conversation on, on this right here from Psalm chapter 1. And, and I've called it Planted in the Process. Being planted in the process, and, and I'm reminded of what Luke chapter 1 says, and, and I think I've got it right here for you on the screen, but it says, No word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. And when you look at the actual original um, context of it, the original wording, this, this word, word, is actually the word rhema. And the word rhema is the revealed spoken word of God. I think a lot of us have heard this scripture, um, but we've heard it in a different translation that says, with God, nothing is impossible. But a more accurate translation is when you have the rhema or the revealed spoken word of God, that's when it unlocks possibility. When, if God has said it, come on somebody, he will do it. And what I'm believing for today is I'm believing for that rhema to come over us. This is why Paul prays in Ephesians 1, and I'm about to pray it over us. He says, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Because he's wanting his, his hearers to have that rhema, that moment where they see the revealed spoken word of God in their life. Because when you see the spoken word of God and it's revealed to you, things that once seemed impossible now become possible. Amen. Come on. Do you want to see the impossible become possible today? Father, we're so thankful to be here in your presence this morning. And God, that is our prayer this morning, Ephesians chapter 1. Lord, today we are asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. 
Father, some of us have came in today and, and we're facing situations that may seem impossible. But God, we know that what your word says is true. And so, Father, I pray that as our eyes see your word, it comes alive in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Oh, come on, everybody said? Amen. 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 Let me tell you, I'm a, I'm a little bit bittersweet um, about the seasons right now. I'm, I'm a winter fan. I, I know there's not a whole lot of people who are, who are fans of winter. Um, I blame it on, on, you know, being a January birthday. You know, I just, we had something to look forward to, but there's something fun. Like, I stepped outside my front door today. I got hit by that 25-degree weather. I don't, there's like a little bit of an adrenaline rush that seems to happen. You know, your hands start to crack and bleed. Your lips are chapped. Like, you're shaking a little bit. It's, it's kind of an adrenaline rush, if, if you think about it. And there's this part of it that I, I, I enjoy. And, and really, the biggest thing is, um, my favorite part about our house is, is I installed a wood-burning stove back in the fall. And every day, I'm talking like we wake up in the morning, we start a fire at 6 a.m. And it's just like all day long. And, and, it just, and we just like to sit there. There's just something like nostalgic about a wood-burning stove. You just sit there and you look at it. You're, we're looking outside at the cold weather. And, and there's just something like comfortable about it. And so I, I like winter, but at the same time, um, I'm a plant person. I like flowers. I'm not afraid to say it. I, I, I'll say it. Some of your faces are judging me. Go ahead, judge me. I don't care. Um, I like flowers. And uh, I like to plant flowers. I like to propagate flowers. Where you're like, what are you doing in the springtime? I'm propagating flowers. Um, I, I just enjoy it. And, and so I, I love springtime. And, and when we bought our house, uh, well, there's, there's very little landscaping. In fact, I would call it a lazy man landscaping. It was just a row of tin boxwoods. Now, if this is describing your house, I get it. There's no judgment. Because I recognize we got three categories of people in the room. We got the first category of people that you walk out on Saturday mornings in the springtime with your coffee and you talk to your flowers. Oh my gosh, you were looking so pretty today. <laughs> the combination of those, oh my gosh, you're winking at your flowers. You're, you're, talk, you're having full conversations with your flowers. Then we got the second category of people where um, you were more interested in the style that's happening and everybody's got these house plants in their home. And so you wanted the terracotta and the, and the natural colors. And so you went and got a terracotta pot. You've got this pretty green vine in it. At least that's what it looked like when you bought it. Now, like the leaves are withered. And it, it's not dead, but it's, it's not by any means uh, survi- or, or thriving. It's just, like, it's just barely surviving. You've got like a fiddle leaf uh, fig tree that's really a fiddle leaf, fiddle leaf fig tree in mourning. Like, it's just mourning its existence. The leaves are all droopy. It's just sitting there. They look sad. This is the second category of people. We know you're out there. Come on. We, I know you're out there. And this, the problem is this isn't just like it didn't just happen this week. This is the state your plants live in for like the last two years. They just always look like they're withering. They're never dead. They're just withering always. And then there's the third category of people that's not invited to my house outside of winter. And that's because you side-eye a plant and it's like poof, dead. You just, you, there's no green thumb about you. You just, you just kill every plant possible. And uh, I've got some friends, and, and I'm not, you know, to protect their integrity and their names, I'm not going to, uh, uh, to mention who they are. Um, but they may or may not have moved to town in the summertime to take over our, our, our kids', kids department. Um, <laughs> may or may not. We're not going to say any names, okay? Like, we don't need to embarrass people. Um, but I gave them a plant over the summer. And it's, it's this inch plant, and you can root it in water. And as long as it's got water in this jar, it's fine. It's going to live. It's going to grow. Um, it doesn't need dirt. All you need to do is keep water in the jar. And so I gave them this plant, and they said, listen, we don't, we don't do well at keeping plants alive. 
I said, that's fine. Just keep water in the jar. Two weeks later, I think we killed the plant. I said, all you had to do was put water in the jar. Needless to say, springtime's coming, and, uh, and they won't be back at my house till winter. I don't need them side-eyeing any of my plants. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a, I'm a garden kind of person, so I recognize maybe you've got the, the boxwoods, and that's probably best for the plants. Just boxwoods are hard to kill if you're in that lost group of people. Just keep the boxwoods. Me, I like all the landscaping. Bailey tells me I have too much landscaping. I just put them everywhere. And, and here's the thing. Two years ago, I like to think I've got a little bit of business sense about me. I'm interested in that, in that ROI. Come on, business leaders. You know, we're interested in that return on investment. And, uh, and so I stopped buying a bunch of annuals because... You have them through the summer, and then it gets cold, and they die. So I've been buying perennials, and I bought a bunch of perennials two years ago, and I planted them. Well, last spring comes around, and, you know, the season's getting warm. I'm getting excited about spring, kind of like I am now. And, uh, and so I go back to Lowe's, and, and they target me because I wasn't going for plants. I was going for, like, a tool or something, and then they put flowers at the front door. And I'm like, I have to. I have to take this. Like, it needs it. It's like a free adoption except for you pay. You know, like, I'm like, it needs me to adopt it. I'm taking it home. I go to the clearance rack and look at the flowers that are dying, and I'm like, I will rescue you. I'm not interested in rescuing pant, in, in, uh, pets, but... Plants? Come on, I'm going to rescue some plants. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I buy all these plants last spring, and I start planting them everywhere. About a month and a half goes by, and, and we're getting into April, into May, and all of a sudden, there's just like plants popping up in my garden everywhere. I forgot I planted them the year before. I was like, where are all these plants coming from? Like, I, and, and so I'm, I'm in the first category of people, okay? Like, I, I love to garden. Um, I walk out on Saturday mornings with my coffee. I talk to the plants. I'm not ashamed of it. I've got this Russian sage that I planted last year, and it's just got this bush. And, and my mom was over one time. I said, Mom, I really love this Russian, this Russian sage. I said, it's really just taken off. And she's like, okay, why, do you, why are you telling me this? I said, I, I want you to know it reminds me of you. Look how crazy its leaves are. <laughs> I said, every time I see it, I think of you, Mom. That's, I love it because I love you. Look at your hair. It does the exact same thing. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I'm out there, I talk to my plants, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for this season. And, uh, and, and the other day I was actually looking up um, the process of a seed. And, and I don't know why, I just, I've researched random things. I just, I'm constantly just looking things up. I've got probably like 15 to 20 tabs open on my phone. That stresses some of you guys out, I know. You're like, what are you doing? But I haven't fully retained the information, so I can't close out of the article. And so I've just got the article up, and I'm not like... It's not all about plants. Like, it's a random variety of things that I'm looking into. Like, I've got one tab open that's about the government's uh, wild Mustang adoption program. My friend Travis is over here like, dude, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, no, how sick would it be if we're drinking coffee on my back porch and I've got wild horses running around that the government paid me to take? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like a cool thing. And so I've got all these categories and, and things that I've been looking into. Well, the other day I started looking into these uh, these, the seed and the process of how a seed works. And, and when you think about it, you go to the store and you, and you buy these seeds. They're, they're dry, they're tiny, and it's kind of incredible how this little seed turns into some of these big plants. And you're like, I know where he's going. He's going to talk about the mustard seed, faith. You're wrong. You don't. Stop trying to guess. Because um, I was looking at these seeds and they're, they're dry, and it's, it's kind of incredible. You plant them in the ground and all of a sudden it, it, it produces a plant. Now, now, all of a sudden, there's still some time that happens, but 
But I was looking at it, and I was looking up the process of, of what happens when you actually plant the seed. And they say, when you get a seed from the store, it's dry and dormant. It's dry and dormant. And that word dormant caught me when I first saw it. Because dormant is the capability to produce, but not currently producing. It's the capability to produce, but it's not currently producing. And I think if there's any way to describe some of us in here, we would use that word dormant. There's something inside of us that has the capability and the potential to produce something pretty incredible, but we feel like currently we're not actually producing anything. And, and I would say that this, and, and when I was looking into it, they said when you have a dormant seed, there's two ingredients that actually is needed to kickstart the seed for it to produce. The first one is soil, and the second one is water. And today I've got three points. I've got three points for you on, on where we are in the process. There are three points to the process, because today we're talking about being planted in the process. And I think for some of us, the first point where we are in the process is we are just like the seed. We've, we've got this, we've been told we've got this potential inside of us. We've been told that there's some, there's a gifting within us. And, and we've been told that we can, there's all kinds of crazy uh, attributes about your life that are great, that God can use, but we actually haven't seen it produce anything. We're like the seed that's been dormant. We keep hearing that we can do good things, but we currently haven't done good things. And until you're planted, you won't produce. And so we'll stay in the stage of a seed until we become planted. John chapter 15, verse 5 says, For I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What's he saying? Until you're planted, you won't produce. And so you'll have all the potential of being able to produce something incredible. But because you're not planted, you're not going to tap into what God's placed inside your life. How do I get planted? Come on, we've been spending seven weeks talking about being planted. we got a great opportunity. Next service, Encompass. Get connected to the local church. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like you match the description of being dormant. You've been told that you've got potential in your life. You've been told that, that there's some unique giftings that God has given you, that, that you're going to do some incredible things, but you just feel like you haven't done incredible things yet. And you'd say, but I feel like I'm planted. But I feel like I'm planted. Then I think one of two things is either happening. I think one, maybe we, re we need to redefine what planting actually is. What does planted mean? Planted doesn't mean that I'm attending church. Planted means I'm building the church. Planted doesn't mean I'm showing up on Sundays. So I think I hear people say it all the time. I decided to, I'm serving God. I'm going to go to church because I'm serving God. No, you go to church, but it's not serving God. It's serving you. You go to church and you start to build the church. Now you're serving God because you're advancing the kingdom of heaven. Maybe we, re, we need to redefine what planted actually looks like. And for others, maybe we are serving, and we're like, I'm, no, I've, I've been serving, and, 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 and I, I am plugged in, and, and I'm on a dream team, I'm in a life group, but I feel like there's still something missing. I still feel like I'm a seed that's been dormant. Then you got to recognize that there's two things that bring the seed out of dormancy. 
The first one is soil, and the second one is water. And I know I'm using a lot of metaphors, so let me simplify it. If the church is the soil, you are the seed, and the presence of God is the water. And so when you're in when you're planted in the church, the, the, the soil has nutrients that promotes growth. Come on, the church has the nutrients to promote growth, but without water, you're still not going to grow. And so you could be planted in dry soil that has the potential to produce, but listen, it's still on you, on you to actually make sure you're being watered, to make sure you're spending time in the presence of God. I feel like I've got all these giftings. People have been telling me that I can live up to something, but I'm not experiencing it, but I feel planted. But are you spending time in the presence of God? Are, are you making sure you're being watered? Because here's the thing about being planted in the church, you might get splashed with water because the person next to you is watering. When I was growing up in, uh, in elementary school, I lived in, in Kansas, and at that particular point in time, um, we had uh, smoking and non-smoking sections in restaurants. I don't know what it is now. Um, but I remember we would go to this restaurant, and it was this, this Mexican restaurant that we went to every single Sunday, El Mezcal. I haven't been there in years, but I miss it. And uh, we would say we wanted, you know, we, we wanted to sit in the non-smoking section. Well, the thing about the non-smoking section was it wasn't like there were separate rooms. It was just literally a section. And so if the smoking section's here, we were sitting right here. And I was like, I don't understand this. I feel like this is still part of the smoking section. And at that point in time, they're running commercials like crazy about the effects of secondhand smoke. Come on, I'm a third grader hearing the effects of secondhand smoke, and that's all I'm thinking about at lunchtime. And I'm sitting right here, and every time I cough, I'm like, I know I'm not getting the full, like, amount of smoke, but I still can feel the effects of the secondhand smoke. And I know this seems super weird to relate your spiritual life to a secondhand smoking, but at the same time, <laughs> some of us are going on secondhand revelations from God thinking it's enough. You're coming into church, and, and the person next to you is getting a revelation from God, and you might feel the effects of it. You might cough a little bit, but you're not getting the full force of what God wants to do in your life. And until you would be planted, come on, not just in the soil, but be spending time in the presence of God, you won't experience all that God actually has for you, and you'll remain dormant. The second point, come on, in the process. If you look back at, at Psalm 1, verse 3. It says that person is, a, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season. But if there's an in season, then it, then it leads to the fact that there's actually still an off season. And so if we, we, we want to be trees in season. Well, we want to be the people that are yielding fruit. We want, we, but, but there's still a tree that's in off season. And the second point in the process today is a tree in off-season. And, and we don't necessarily like the tree in off-season because the off-season's not as pretty. The off-season's a little bit um, harsher. Right now, Hezekiah is driving his power wheels, his bronco, all over my garden. But it's okay because I don't got flowers right there because it's the off-season. In a month and a half... His power wheels is no longer allowed on the garden. You know what I'm saying? Be why? Because I'll have flowers there. The off-season, there's two things to remember in the off-season. In the off-season, the biggest thing to remember is we can't force the next season. When you're in the off-season, it's, and what, what is an off-season? An off-season is when you're facing some trials. The off-season is, is when life seems to be a little bit harder. 
It just seems like every, you turn around the corner and it's a, just another attack. It's just something else weighing down on you. There's some pressure. It's hard. And what we want in the off season is just to force the next season. But I remember there's, it was four years ago in, in March, and uh, the, tr- the house that we had at that time had just this line of, of, of trees on the driveway. It was these, these line of dogwoods. And in the springtime, they've got these really pretty flowers on them. And, and I remember it was, it was early March, and it was a really warm March that year. And all my trees started getting buds on them at the beginning of March. Well, then by the third week of March, we had a, this crazy frost come in, and it wiped out the most of the buds. Now, there's still a few that made it, but the trees were not near as pretty as they normally are. And I was thinking about this, and I was so frustrated. I was like, why did it have to frost? And we could be mad at the frost for killing the buds, or we can, we can recognize that the frost was actually still in season. The buds came too soon. Here's the thing about our life. When you try to bloom too soon, the environment may be too harsh to sustain what you're trying to do on your own. When we're trying to force the next season, listen, the, the off season's needed because right now my plants, because again, we're talking about the, that return on investment with my perennials every year. It gets cold, they die off, they, they get nasty, but underneath the surface what's happening is their roots are digging in deeper. And they're going to come back this spring bigger than they were last spring. It's the same thing that happens in your off season. But when you try to force the season and you try to jump to the next stage, instead of being present in your current stage, what you miss out on is the growth that God wants to lead you in in this season. You got to be planted in the process. Come on, everybody, we got to be planted in the process. The second thing to remember about being planted in the process, we got this, we, we don't want to force the next season, but the same thing we also got to recognize is the difference between a dormant seed and a dormant tree. You got to understand the difference between a dormant seed and a dormant tree. Because a dormant seed has the capability to produce, but hasn't. A dormant tree Looks like it's not producing, but it is. And there's seasons in our life where it just feels like we've just been going at it and we're not making any progress and nothing seems to be changing. And I feel like I'm wearing myself out. Come on, can I be honest? I had a, 2021 was a dormant season for my family. It was a trial season. And, and James actually talks about it in James chapter 1 verse 2. It says, consider pure joy. My friends, brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, why? Because the testing of your faith, what's it do? It produces perseverance. It produces perseverance. Perseverance must, must run its course for you to be mature, complete, not lacking anything. It's got to run its course. We hear the word perseverance. No one wants to hear the word perseverance. No one wants a dormant season. No one wants to be a tree that's not yielding its fruit. Why? Because it means that the, the environment is a little bit harsher right now. Come on, the weather's a little bit cold right now. Life isn't as easy right now. The sun just doesn't feel as warm right now. Is it a bad season? No. It's just the off season. And, and I remember last year we were praying, um, going into the, the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and, and, and we were praying, Lord, what is, what is the year that you have? Like, what is the word for this year? Every year we want to pray, God, what, what does this year look like? What is a word that we can hang on to this year? And I remember last year, the word that the Lord gave us was perseverance. 
How many of y'all know you're trying to find your receipt on that one? I was like, Lord, I, I lost the receipt, but can I return this word? I, I'll take store credit, okay? I just want to trade it out. Can I have a word like here, blessing? That's a good word. Okay, I'll, I'll settle for blessing. Um, you know, maybe provision. I want, I want the word provision. Pure bliss. Okay, that's two words. How about just bliss? How, Lord, I will settle for just the word good. Okay, we can keep it simple. This is going to be a good year. No, it's perseverance. Come on, y'all don't want to hear that. When the Lord's like, this is going to be a year of perseverance. She's like, please, no. Change it. Uh, and I just remember Zion was about two months old going into January. And at two months old, he was still at his birth, his birth weight. And he wasn't gaining weight. And, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. We were feeding him. He's just, not, he's just not getting the nutrients. He's not growing. We found out there's some complications on why he wasn't growing. Then he's not sleeping. Hezekiah still has all kinds of energy. But Zion's not sleeping. We're not sleeping. Hezekiah's full of energy. It was just this mix of like overwhelming just weights that we were going through. And, and, and then on top of that, like I could, before 2021, I could count on one hand how many times I have thrown up in my life. In 2021, man, I threw up like three times. Like I was just getting sick like crazy. I was like, this is not who I am. I don't ever get sick. And it was just a year of perseverance. And can I tell you, it was a rough year. But you have an opportunity when you're facing rough times and you're facing the trials. Um, James says, consider it pure joy. How many of you know that when you're in a trial, the last thing that you want to do is choose joy? When you feel like you're in a dormant season and no one sees you and, and you feel like you've been working hard and you've been serving at your job or you've been serving at church and, and, no one, and you're getting overlooked, you feel like you're getting stepped on, the last thing that you want to do is still be joyful. And I just remember we were just, we were tired. We were tired. But I also still think about what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. He says, I, I know what it's like. To go with, I know what it's like to go without. I've had plenty. I've had some good seasons. I've had some rough seasons. But I've learned to be content in every season. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, it's not a verse about winning football games or, or getting a new squat record, okay? It's, it's, it's about being content in the seasons of life. It's about being content when you're in the fruit-producing season or when you're in the off-season. But I've learned I can be content. Why? Because I know on the other side of this, we've got a saying in the Reigns household. We've got shirts that says it. When we were feeling like there's a pile up happening where I just hit one dead end after another dead end, after another trial to another trial to another trial, we've got a saying, and, and we're quick to remember it. And, and the saying is, well, something good's about to happen. And I've been hitting trial after trial after phew, something good is about to happen. Come on, somebody. You may feel like you've been going from trial to trial to trial. Listen, something good is about to happen. And I remember we, man, talk about finishing 2021 with the hardest couple of weeks that we had. Uh, we were on the phone with my mom, and we were just, they are praying over us. And, and, and my mom said something that just really resonated within my heart. She said, listen, you're going to come out of this season. And I know it's a hard season, but I believe your year, the year 2022 is going to be the year of plenty for you. And I got off the phone and I was like, Lord, that sounds really good. But I want to make sure that's actually from you. Because, you know, what we have a tendency to do is to make decisions and ask God to bless our decisions. God doesn't bless your decision. 
He blesses his decision. You have the opportunity to choose his decision or your own decision. It was the verse of the day yesterday, I think, in, in is Proverbs 19. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so I'm like, Lord, I, I don't want to just do what, what sounds good. I don't want to just start claiming the, the, the year of plenty over my life and, and get a hold of that if that's not actually the word that you have for me. And so I went back to James chapter 1, verse 2, and what it says is, consider pure joy. When you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This perseverance, it's got to run its course. It's got to finish the work so that you can be mature, complete, not lacking anything. What's that sound like to you? Sounds like plenty. We went through a year of perseverance. But come on, somebody. We're standing in the year of plenty. We're standing, for my family, we've just decided. There's been some things that, that, that are trying. Well, sometimes that cold tries to come back. No, 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 listen. We've gone through our perseverance season. Right now, we're in the fruit-producing season. It's the year of plenty. Which brings me to my third point. The third point in the process is a tree in season. It's a tree in season. Psalm 1, verse 3, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Well, this is a season we enjoy living in. It's like everything just is working out. You've got crazy favor with your boss. Your kids are just listening the first time you ask. Like, life is just going so, you show up to the office, and you're like, hey, everybody, I got coffee made for everybody. It's going to be a great day. You know, like this, it just seems like the wind is to your back. You've got momentum carrying you in life. It's a fruit-producing season. Life is good. Well, my time with God is just good. I've just been getting revelations from God. It's it's a good season. It's it's the fruit-producing season. But there's two things to remember in a fruit-producing season. Number one, you got to remember what got you to that season. It was being planted in the process. What does it look like to be planted in the process? Well, for here at Your Place Church, we, we define our process as a spiritual journey of four steps. It's to reach, connect, equip, and live out what you believe. What's that mean? It means first you got to get a relationship with Jesus. Because you'll never actually produce, you're never actually going to produce what God's placed inside of you until you're planted in the house of God. But that starts with a relationship with Jesus. And once you get a relationship with Jesus, then we say the second part of your journey is to get connected, which is what happens today at Compass. Think about if if you're married in the room, think about um, when you and your spouse started dating. The moment you started talking about each other's dreams and visions, it just seemed like it just locked you in. Why? Because you were connecting to each other's heart. At Compass today, you're going to connect to the heart. Listen, we got a vision that's not from Pastor Darian. It's a vision that's been given to us by God to reach our county. And when you, get, when you know God, come on, Pastor Darian talked about it. We feel like every person's called to a church. If this isn't your church, then go get planted in your church. If God hasn't called you to your place, church, that's fine. Go get planted to your church. But be planted. Connect to the heart and the vision of the church. And then we're going to equip you. 
And we do that through life groups. Because sometimes life is hard. And when we're planted in community, it's interesting. I was in uh, South Carolina um, back in October, and, and they built these, it was the French quarters on, on this tip. And, and the, the houses are kind of weird, like laid out weird. It doesn't look like a city block. They kind of fan out. And I was talking to a local there, and he said that when they built these houses, you know, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, he said what they did was they built them offset. And what happens when they're offset is that not one row of house takes the full weight of the hurricane, but it divides the hurricane up. The same is true when you're planted in a community of believers. Trials are going to come. But when we're planted in community, you don't have to carry the full weight. You're planted with some people that are going to help you carry the load. Come on, get, get equipped in a life group. And the fourth thing we say in, the, in being a part of the process is go live what you believe. Well, we live in a society that for some reason has divorced belief in action. I heard Pastor Whit George say this when he was uh, here hanging out for our youth conference over the summer. In our society, we've divorced belief from action. In other words, you can, compl- you can, you can d- say that you believe something, but not required to live as if you believe it. We've divorced belief in action. No, if you believe it, then live it out. If you're, cl- you're going to claim to have experienced life change and to be a follower of Jesus, then come on, somebody, we've got a responsibility now that our life has been changed to help other people experience the change that we've been a part of. Amen? Come on, you've got to remember the process. In your fruit-bearing season, see, life is good, and it seems like it's easy to coast. It seems like it's easy to forget what got you there. What got you there was being planted in a process. The second thing to remember, and I'm closing with this. you got to be remember what got you there, but the, same, the second thing, you can't become complacent in a fruit-bearing season. You can't become complacent in a fruit-bearing season. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. It says, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the whole king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites. They besieged Rabbah. But David, oh, David. David remained in Jerusalem. Now, David, maybe if you're unfamiliar with church, David is the second king of Israel. At this point in the, in, the, in the passage, he's been the king for roughly 17 years. And, and maybe if you're not familiar with King David, you might be familiar with David and Goliath. David, a man who's, who's took down a giant, who manhandled a bear, choked out a lion. David's seen some victories. And he's been king now for about 17 years. And he's been in a long, fruit-bearing season. Life has just been good. Things have gotten easy. And, and I heard it said that um, it's, a, it's a sign of a great leader by what gets done, not in your presence, but what gets accomplished in your absence. And so here's David, not even at battle, and yet his entire army is still winning. He's done well. He's been a great leader. But he got complacent in a fruit-bearing season. And so in the spring, when everybody else, all the other kings are at war, David stayed back. Verse 2 says, one evening David got up from bed and he walked 
around on the roof of the palace. He got up from bed. How many of y'all have those moments where you just feel like you can't sleep, you just get up? I believe David was feeling anxious about his decision. He started distancing himself from his purpose. He was no longer planted in the process. And so what's he doing? He's feeling the weight of it. Can't sleep now. So it's, it's, it's nighttime and he's in bed, but I can't sleep. I guess I'm going to go walk around. Just so from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And she looked good. And David said, hey, girl, you want to come have dinner with the king? You look good in that tub. You look better in my 24-karat gold one. You know what I'm saying? David's, David's working his moves. Bathsheba comes over and they don't have electricity at this time. Come on, everything's bound to be more romantic. They have to light things with candles. They're sitting at dinner, and here's Bathsheba, candlelight dinner, and David. Come on, everybody knows David's a good-looking guy. The king, the warrior David, wrestled a bear, choked out a lion. You got Bathsheba. You got the candles. You got David. From the shadows of the candles, boys to men comes out with a slow fading. I'll make love to you. And David, in his efforts to avoid one battle, finds himself entangled in a bigger one. In his efforts to avoid one battle, finds himself now entangled in another one. Because she sends word back to David, hey, it's a boy. They didn't actually have the medical science to know what it was at the time, but I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And David begins to panic. All right, well, who's her husband? I was one of your greatest warriors. All right, we'll send him home. And he comes home, and David's trying to get Uriah to sleep with his wife, but, but Uriah is just loyal. And so instead of sleeping with his wife, he's at the, the steps of the palace. Because if the rest of the soldiers are going to be fighting in battle, he's not going to be sleeping with his wife. He's going to wait until the king tells him it's time to go back to battle. And so David's panicking. Why? Because David became complacent in his season. David distanced himself from the purpose that God had placed on his life, and he was avoiding one battle and gets entangled with a bigger one. David ends up killing off Uriah. He doesn't pull a sword. He does it a little bit more discreetly. Can't affect the polls. You know, he's looking for re-election. And so he, he goes off, and Uriah gets killed, and, and he takes in Bathsheba as his wife, and, and then they lose the kid. And David is just on his face crying out to God, God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, forgive me. And, you know, I find it interesting that David is typically known for David and Goliath, yet had all kinds of downfalls. But when you think about Samson, Samson is known for Samson and Delilah. 
Most people don't understand that Samson actually led and judged over Israel for 20 years successfully. All they remember him by is his downfalls. David had the exact same downfalls, but David is also called a man after God's own heart. What changed? What's the difference between Samson and David? Is David recognized when he made a mistake and he was always quick to apologize. He was quick to go back to the presence of God and say, God, I messed up, but I need more of you. I messed up and I need more of you. And what happens in that moment is God began to strengthen him. And, and from that marriage, from something that, that was not of God, God began to produce something good out of it. And there came Solomon from that marriage who went on to reign next after David. And I think a lot of us, we get caught up in the process. Listen, there's not a bad point in the process. It's just the process. If you're a seed that's not been planted, it's not a bad place. You just need to be planted. If you're a seed that's been planted but you're not producing and you feel like you're dormant, you just need to spend time in the presence of God. There's not a bad point in the process. It's just the points of the process. But there is action required to whatever point we are in the process. Are you with me this morning? Listen, last thing, I'm gonna, I know I said I was going to close, but I'm going to close after this now. I think we, we face a trial and we get frustrated. God must be teaching me a lesson. God must be teaching me a lesson. But here's the thing about God. There's some trials that I'm convinced are from God. Sickness, addiction, depression, poverty, not from God. You're stuck in traffic and you don't have patience? Oh, you better believe that's God trying to teach you some patience, okay? The trials that are brought by God are character formation. If it's a character formation, oh, just write it out. If it's sickness, God's not trying to teach you a lesson. Y'all hear me, God's not trying to teach you a lesson. Why? Because James chapter 1 says every good and perfect thing comes from above. If it ain't good and it ain't perfect, listen, it ain't from above. John 10, 10 says it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy but I have come, this is Jesus, but I have come so that you can have life and life more abundantly. Y'all know sickness is not life abundantly. Come on, y'all know poverty is not life abundantly. And so there's going to be some seasons and some trials that you face. 2021 was not, was not designed by God. It was God saying, prepare yourself because I see something on the horizon, but I also know the power and the authority that I've instilled inside of you to overcome what the season is going to throw at you. It was not designed by God. It was not brought to us by God because it was a lot of sickness. Sickness is not brought from God. He sent Jesus to die. So that you could be healed. Pastor Darian gave us a prayer a few weeks ago, 101 scriptures on what the Bible says about healing. And I hear people all the time, well, that's misinterpreted. God's not a God that heals. But if you think about it, if you, if you remove the 101 scriptures, which is a lot of scriptures that talk about healing, and you think about what sickness actually is. Sickness is a byproduct of sin. It's the byproduct of sin. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and, and there was no sin, there was no sickness. It was sickness and death were not a part of the original plan. When sin entered the world, it brought sickness and it brought death. But when Jesus came and he paid the price and he paid the debt of sin, 
Sin, sickness, and death, come on somebody, it's the byproduct of sin. And so when the debt of sin is prayed, then it erases the byproducts that come with it. And therefore, there's healing. Come on somebody, there's healing. When, Jesus, when he sent Jesus to the cross, it paid for the, the, the price of poverty. Listen, God does not want you to be living in poverty. But there's still some actions that are required in order for you to come out of those seasons. You got to stand on the authority that God has been giving you. The authority that comes in the name of Jesus. You got to take up the word of God and you got to declare a different reality in your life. There's going to be some trials that come. But praise God because I'm coming through stronger. Y'all listen, I'm standing. We're standing in the year of plenty for 2022. And I can tell you I'm standing stronger this year than I was standing last year. And it's on the heels of a off season. And you start to step into the, the fruit bearing season that you begin to feel the power that comes when you persevere. Yeah. Well, can I encourage you today? Keep persevering. Yeah. Keep persevering. Stay planted. Stay planted. Because God's got something inside of you. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. God's got something inside of you that he wants to pull out of you. Amen.